Greetings, Raider Nation, and welcome to the Raider Nation podcast. And I am your host, Raider Greg. Welcome to show 79. And here we are in the first week of June, waiting for the June cuts to come around. And there's rumors around there about Jerry Porter could be the next victim on the trading block, which would be okay if he's going to be a pansy in the locker room and the pain in the arse to the Oakland Raiders, uh, then maybe he should be traded. But this we'll find out by the end of this week, I think, uh, we should get some type of idea whether he's going to be on the trading block or not this week. There's been some rumblings and bumblings and thumblings, actually, about him leaving. But uh, we shall see. And if he leaves, I hope we get some good players for him because we got enough receivers. And if he got some issues, we'll hand him a box of tissues and send him on his way wherever. Welcome, Raider fans, and thank you for tuning in to the Raider Nation podcast your place for Raider news, no matter where you are in the world, because we're global. I want to have some shouts out to my good partner, Randy Olson, who takes care of all the media stuff on the site. He is awesome. And as you can tell from the quality of work, this guy works very hard to make the Raider Nation podcast what it is, which is your connection to your Oakland Raiders. So without any further ado, here's the show for tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about the Raider Nation celebration, which is coming up. We're going to talk about Raider Team Report. In touch with the silver and black. A little bit, a little talk to Art Shell. It was an interview with Art Shell. A lot of stuff you've heard before and a couple of things you have not. Eddie D. and Carmen Policy, the wise guys take a shot at taking Oakland to L.A. Good try, no cigar. Not even close. Didn't even hit the target. Eddie D., wise guy. Okay, now, we also have today. Yes, Raider fans, you've been waiting for it, and it's happened right here in Raider Nation. I know it's hard to believe, but somebody did write a derogatory report about our, yes, our Oakland Raiders, and we have a new asshole of the month. I'll share that with you, and I want to want to tell you that this article was done by thesilverandblackforever.com, Calico Jack, awesome blog. You guys get an opportunity to check that out. I strongly encourage you to, like I do, Raider Take is also a very good blog, and both these guys are very cerebral, and they have a great take and a great angle on the Raider Nation. Raider fans, I got one thing to say. 100 days until season opener against the San Diego Chargers. The Chargers, the Bolts, the Bolts with no nuts. However you want to call them, that's what I call them. And, of course, we're going to have to drum up some old business like we did last time we played the Chargers. We're going to have to give a little message and a shout-out to Charger Ray. You know, he drinks that OPB beer, and I'm not going to have to tell you what that is. We're going to visit the Frapper Map, and, of course, we're going to hit the Raider Nation podcast takes from the Raider fans. You, yes, you and the Raider Nation to come to Raider Nation podcast and put it down on paper for the nation. So let's get to it. Raider Nation celebration 
Yes, we got another one coming. Last year was the first one, and I'm glad they're doing this in 06. It was a great thing last season, and I bet you there'll be 10 times as many people there this season. Attention Raider fans, the 2006 Raider Nation celebration will be on Sunday, August 27th, from 12 noon to 4 p.m. at the McAfee Coliseum. The Raider Nation celebration will feature appearances by the 2016 and coaches, Raider legends, the Raiderettes, save the date, 2006 Raider Nation celebration. And if you talk to anybody that went there, it will pump you up. Remember, we have an early season game. We're going to have to pump up our Raiders and get them going. Let's get out there, Raider fans. Let's show your team. Give them the props. Give them the cheers. Get out there. Get some autographs. Get some pictures. It's awesome. Look where your seats are because if you're smart, you bought season tickets this year because it's just going to get better and more better from here. And you got to understand that the nasty's coming back. Everything I'm reading and hearing about Archell, it's sounding pretty doggone good. Sounds too good to be true. You know what? It sounds like it could be the true and the real deal. Coming up, Art Shell will put the pride back in the Oakland Raiders. I have confidence in Art. Um, I'm still a little iffy on Tom Walsh, but hey, what can I say? It's who we have. The team we have is who we have. And we got to support this team. Get out there. Buy your Raider tickets. Do it right now. Get you some seats. And, you know, if you go to the Raider Nation Celebration, you get an opportunity to look and see where those seats are and perhaps the view from those very seats that you're contemplating on purchasing. It's a great deal, fans. Get out there. Get your tickets. We have to be the 12th man. You know, we got to shut them down there in the black hole at the Coliseum when you come to play. And we got to do that San Diego first game. Okay, Raider Nation celebration. You get to do all kinds of things. Randy went to this last year. It was very, very cool. So, without further ado. Raiders team report. This is by Steve Corcoran, Contra Costa Times. And he does a pretty good job with this article about the personnel team analysis. And I'm just going to go into it. Running back Lamont Jordan at first was upset about the turf toe injury. It forced him to miss the final two games of last season. He soon found a way to turn it into a positive, vowing to start this offseason workout program earlier than at any point in his NFL career. To that end, Jordan is back in full strength and prime for an even better season in 05. Now, a lot of people talked about this guy. A lot of people talked about Jordan. He did do over 1,000 yards, 1,025 yards. He got 70 passes. That's a lot of passes for an RB, let me tell you right now. There's many other reasons to expect more production out of him because, you know, he's he's a guy that says it like it is. It's not what I say. It's what I do. He he takes responsibility for himself, and accountability is a huge thing. He loves working underneath Art Shell because he's retooled the entire offensive line. He's moved Gallery to the left side. He's put Langston Skywalker on the right side. And I believe with that move by itself, and we have Booth, we have a whole bunch of people to come in and help our offensive line situation. This is going to be the key to our offense. And I believe, with my whole heart, Jordan will have a bust-out season this year. 
You heard it first here. He's going to bust out. So he's going to have a good play. He did lose 25 pounds this year. He gained 20 pounds last year thinking that he needs a little more mass because he felt that he was not big enough. But he realized last season that the speed and the ability to cut, uh, losing a couple more pounds, does make a huge difference. I think he'll be quicker to the hole. And I think everybody last season saw when he got to the hole, uh, he made some great yardage. But he used to do that stutter step at the line, and they killed us. Of course, our offensive line needed some help. But every time he got a shot through that hole, he did a pretty good job. I think with this loss of weight, he will be much improved. The Raiders traded up in 2003 to get, yes, linebacker Sam Williams. And they're still waiting for it to pay off. Sam's been hurt uh, for the last two seasons. And he's had quite a few serious injuries. But he's a good player. He was a great player when he was drafted because he had so much potential. He could be the bookend for Kurt, Kurt Morrison, which also showed great promise last season. Uh, but, you know, Williams is not assured of a starting spot. He hasn't started in two years. we got Thomas Howard and Darnell Bing who are going to be working for that position. I've always thought Sam Williams was a good player. It was always a He's like fragile, like Fargus. Good player, but he get hurt. So we'll have to see if Sam Williams' card gets pulled this year. And if he can make the team, he might be something somebody that comes out of nowhere to make a super impact. Now, let's see. The Raiders don't expect impact from cornerbacks Dwayne Starks and Tyrell Poole, but they won't they won't play at the highest level like they've played in the past, but they've both been in playoff games and Super Bowls, and they're valuable assets to the young cornerbacks that we've had that are very inexperienced. Now, our secondary has been questionable for some time. Now, it'll be Asamoah, Fabian Washington, Stanford Route, Chris Carr. Stuart Schwaggart came out big last season. We have Michael Huff. And, you know, that's who our first-round draft pick was. I think our DBs are going to be more solid this year than we expect. With uh, Dwayne Starks and Tyrone Poole, uh, their wisdom back there, I think these kids are going to do very well, especially in the training camp situation. Uh, Nayambe Asamoah, he played very hard, had some great hits last year. He looked like Charles Woodson sometimes. I mean, flashes of brilliance, but the consistency needs to be there. Fabian Washington played a great game, too. He was out there doing pretty doggone good. And uh, you cannot you cannot count out Chris Carr, uh, Stanford route, because they're they're solid. They're solid back. So I think in that case, and it's, it's showing here that these players – uh, are going to make some impact. And, you know, it takes the dust to settle after the draft and see where people kind of start lining up. And through the first mini cap, it looks like things are starting to solidify and we're starting to see people and personalities kind of meld and gel a little bit more. Uh, let's look for Doug Gabriel this season because uh, he could take out Jerry Porter very easily and take his spot. That's what I'm looking at. Um, and you never know. Never know. Could happen great athletic player same size same strength same speed no reason that he shouldn't be able to take out jerry the powder okay let's see now Raiders head coach Art Shell sounds off on several topics. This is an article by Trent Mold, excuse me, Modgin, Modlin, 
boy and but destroying his name too but trent here's to you man He's on ProFootball.com. He's a great writer. Got a good story here. I'm going to try not to destroy it for the Raider fans. I'll do my best. Okay. A lot of this stuff you've already heard, like I said, but I'm going to just go over it anyway because it was in this interview. Um, And Art Shell is really making his rounds across uh, much more so than Norv, Mr. Rogers. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. Turner did the article, this question answer period, so I'll do my best. Question, how does it feel to be back in the saddle with the Raiders? The answer, it feels great. The main thing is, I told the team, it feels great to be back and to smell the grass again, to be out there among the players. Uh, Nothing like being out there among the players in practice. Art Shell is a player's coach. This is a good thing. I think that it's a good thing because he has a relationship as a player. That's me talking. Can you describe your relationship with Al Davis and what it's like? what it was like early 90s compared to now. He goes on to say that in the early 90s, he had a good relationship, and when they parted companies, it was strictly business. He was not resentful. He understand that uh, Al Davis had the business to run, and he was looking for a Super Bowl, and um, there was no disagreement. So as far as he was concerned, there was no problem, um, and the relationship was never soiled or never had any problems. So when he had an opportunity to coach the team, he jumped at it, and uh, their understanding has been the same since the 1990s, um, and that's about that. He's just happy to be back with him. He respects him a great deal, and uh, for all the things that Al Davis has done uh, to break the color barrier in the NFL, let's just call it like it is. Is there anything that you would that you've come to realize that you missed about coaching since getting back to the mix. And he'll go back to it again. The number one thing is the players. This guy is a player's coach. He likes the players. You've had too many camps already, he says. And just being out there is exciting for him. The interaction with the players, once again, making corrections on things that are going wrong and then watching guys do it correctly. There's nothing like it. When you start to see the team come together and things start to go right, you get goosebumps and chills because you're excited about the season. And I think he's pumped. I think he's way more pumped than uh, Norv Turner was. He's got 10 times the emotion anyway. So let's just see how he goes. The next question is, your offensive coordinator, Tom Walsh, last worked for, as a mayor in a town in Idaho and ran a bed and breakfast uh, there. And anyone's obviously interested in how you guys are coming back to coaching after all these years of, of missing time of course um this has been a a sore spot in this whole coaching debacle earlier this season with the art shell hiring with the not the art shell hiring but the tom walsh hiring was a very questionable move i made many statements of it and i'm still reluctant to say that it was the right thing uh everybody's scratching their head about it i hope it turns about a freaky thing and he comes out to be some genius that we never thought he was uh i don't think so but Let's hope so. I hope so for the Raiders. I hope so for the Raider Nation. Was there any point in the last few years that you were concerned whether you would ever get another chance at coaching? And as far as what his answer goes around saying here is that uh, he would say over the last three years he had basically given up. He had an agent. He's more of a friend than an agent named Danny Moore. And every time Danny would go out there and say, come on, we need to get one of these jobs. And Art would look around and say, well, I'll sit down and talk to anybody. Um, It was only until that the Oakland Raiders position came up that he came to life and really pushed his agent 
to get in there and get an interview with Al Davis because he knew that he could play and coach well for the Oakland Raiders. He's done it before, and he felt that he could do it again. The one constant in Oakland's struggles in recent memory is a lack of discipline in the field. How do you plan to correct that? Now, I don't agree with the question. The Raider Nation podcast, I don't agree with the way this question is because the lack of discipline in the field is something that everyone was kind of saying. Um, maybe it was more of a lack of discipline in the team, in the locker room. And like uh, Warren Sapp was saying, there were fragmented parts of the team. These guys over here, those guys over here. You'll never win anything in that. It's never worked for any team that's won in history, including the Oakland Raiders. Okay, so here we go. Archell says, in the past, in the past, you're able to do different things and do things wrong, and you still have enough talent to get away with it. But you can't do those things anymore in this NFL because they hurt you too much, and it's too hard to come back from those once you've done them. So he's talked to the team about discipline, and he's talked to the teams about consequences of your actions and taking responsibility and accountability before what you do. And the team seems to be buying into this situation. It sounds like a team to me. That's what we needed last season. We have a lot of talent. We need to put them together in a position where they're most successful, like where he moved Robert Gallery. I thought that was a very good move right off the bat because I think Langston's going to take care of the right with no problem. When was the first contact you had with Randy Moss, and how was your connection with him? Well, he had a conversation with Randy Moss the day he was hired. He put in a call to him, uh, and he told him what was going on, that he was going to be the head coach, and he was looking forward to work with Randy Moss. And Randy Moss said he was excited to work with him. And he had talked to Randy Moss in the past, so they had a relationship. And he says Randy Moss is just like anybody else. He wants to win, and he's got a job to do. And he say 99% of the people that work with him in Minnesota have a positive thought about him, which I knew for anyway. I've always told you guys I love Randy Moss. He's got a great attitude. He's a good kid from the South. He's a good old boy. He's got uh, a lot of pride. He's a private guy. He's a good guy. He restructured his contract three times for us, Raider fans. He's a Raider. He's for sure. He is a Raider. So don't even bring the Vikings into it. And Archell goes on to say that he will be a leader of this team, and he's looking forward to that. I see the same thing coming about this season, to be quite honest. I see him being a leader of the team. Uh, he talks about uh, Barry Sims had left. Barry Sims had been at left tackle for several years in Oakland. What was his reaction to being replaced by Gallery? <clears throat> Barry said, hey, coach, I believe I am at left tackle. I know I'm a left tackle. I don't like the idea of moving, but if that's what's going to help us win, then that's what I'm going to do for the team. I guess I'll have to accept it. Um, he was kind of moody for a few days, but then he understood what was happening because he played well for the Raiders in the, in the years at left tackle. Pretty good, except for last year. I thought he sucked. I'll be right on it with you, man. I thought Barry Sims, I mean, there was a joke that uh, Barry Sims was playing a game and and uh, the game was over, and in the parking lot when he was trying to get on the bus, an 80-year-old woman got around him and tackled uh, Collins for a loss of five yards. You know, that was the joke. I don't think Barry Sims is a great left guy. I think he might be delusional because I didn't think he did a very good job last year. So, bada-bing. So, go be moody somewhere else. Okay. Let's see what else. Do you know what the initial plans are with Huff? 
Is he suited for uh, your safety role or 425 alignment? He's going to look at a corner initially, or where is he going to be? And Art Shelley says he's going to be on the football field. We'll play a combination of defensive looks, and we'll see where he is. In the big nickel they played last year, he'll be very effective. But, you know, he, how can he say anything until he sees the kid play? We'll play a number of defensive looks, and we'll see where he fits in the best for us. No doubt. What a question. How are you going to solve the erratic tendencies that have followed Aaron Brooks throughout his career? Well, when you sit down to talk to guys, you have to find out what they're accustomed to doing. You've got to find out just what's going on in their system they were involved in and where the same things were um, that they were involved in in that system that created problems for him. So they're saying they're looking at the system and how it didn't work for him and he, how he was trying to compensate for the problems with the system. In, his, in our system, in the new Raiders system, he's very excited because we're doing things that are much more clear and basic. Not so many packages that are so different. We have some go-to plays and down-the-field plays, which are obvious, and we've got to clean up these things and make them easier for Aaron Brooks to make the ball happen, make the plays go on. He says he's going to tailor the offense to help Brooks be successful, and he thinks that he can certainly do that because he's a quarterback that's pretty sharp, and he can make it happen. And looked at his record, he throws less interceptions than Collins, which is good, and he has a much better chance of doing better because just because of his playing attitude, and he understands what it takes to be a champion. What's the status of Ronald Curry, man? I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I miss Ronald Curry. Great player. Great player. He wanted to work out in last minicamp, but we held him back because the trainer said that he would. it's probably too early for him to be in training camp. So we're not rushing him. There's no need to. The poor kid's been through too much the last two seasons. He's developing to an outstanding wide receiver, and we're just going to take our time and watch him, as we will with Warren Sapp and others that we've that we've got uh, injured and repaired at this time, which is very wise. Has anything surprised you in general, just being back as a head coach and the head coaching chair? No, nothing, not really. I've been here before. Just things that I'm realizing about the new NFL that I'm not too concerned with. There's just so much for a head coach to be concerned with. <laughs> That's what he said. So you got to take care of a lot of different things. Uh, you have a tight schedule and... There's many things you have to be responsible for. You've got to be involved in a lot of different things. The key is just being able to prioritize those things. You go, Art, baby. You take care of your business, man. Bring back the nasty home. Okay. How are you different than you were the first go-around with the Raiders? He says, after I left the Raiders and went elsewhere, I'm a little more knowledgeable about being a head coach. I served under two other guys who were pretty good head coaches in this league, Marty Schottenheimer and Dan Reeves, and they were. So you watch people do things, and you try to incorporate those in your mind, and you see whether those things would fit in your style of football. I'm a lot more knowledgeable than I was last time around, and understanding what the roles of the team are and the roles of the staff are and trusting them to get the jobs done is something that I consider to be a change. Even working with the league offices helped me in terms of managing people, and that's helping me a long, long way. So managing people seemed to be his big thing. And that's pretty much it. 
Um, I hope you gained something from that. I did because I gained a lot of insight on, on what Art Shell is about, what he's not about, and um, kind of like that. So that's that. And I think Art Shell is going to be a hell of a coach. Um, like I said, Tom Walsh, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in him, but we'll have to see. I hope he's improved 100%, but you just never know. Okay, well, let's see. Where should we go from here? I think we'll go to our next story. going to be sportsmemo.com sports from a Vegas perspective well thank goodness that the Raiders don't play in Vegas because you wouldn't be getting too many miles from this story sportsmemo.com and that's make a memo not to read sportsmemo.com because these guys are all about picking the losers in the NFL for the all those betters and you know the betters must be very successful because it looks like Vegas is drying up and blowing away you know if you listen to these guys you'd have nothing left in your wallet because they want to tell you how you should bet and spend your money but of course they're going to take it from you when you lose then they're talking here about the Raiders they're talking about all kinds of things about how the Raiders are going to fall in 06 and how they'll be in the basement of the AFC and looking for another 4-12 and season because they compare things like Dick Vermeil and Joe Gibbs. When they came back, their records were terrible. Yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. They talk about Tom Walsh. They talk about Art Shell, and it's all in a negative light. But the thing about this article is there are hundreds, and I mean hundreds, of mistakes. And I mean hundreds, but I mean there's a lot of mistakes that they say in the article calico jack from silver and black forever has it down to as science and i appreciate that calico jack and i hope you don't mind me using your article here because it's very very well written okay so calico jack destroyed this article and i love the way he did it and i hope i give it justice at this point factually incorrect that's what he says about these guys and i love it in reference to art shell and they quote but we're talking about a guy that hasn't seen coaching in the league for more than a decade. Well, that's not correct now. And that's SI who put this story out, I think. No, no, that that was the, uh, excuse me, I stand corrected. That was the sportsmemo.com. Anyhow, Archell wasn't out of football for 10 years. He continued to coach after leaving the Raiders in 1994. He was an offensive line coach for Kansas City from 95 to 96 and Atlanta from 97 to 2000. This writer seems to think that Shell stopped coaching after 1994. Get your facts straight, Jack. Mr. Las Vegas, thank you very much. In reference to Aaron Brooks, Brooks wasn't a winner at Virginia in college. Brooks was a starting QB in his junior year in 1997 and his senior year in 1998. Virginia was 7-4 in 1997 and 9-3 in 1998. And in 1998, one of the best years in the history of Virginia football. The team was ranked 18th in the country and lost a close game to Georgia, 35-33, in the Peach Bowl. 
So if you are 60 and 7 as a starter, does that qualify as being a winner? I think so. Nice talking to you, Memo. Anyways, let's go on. Brooks was never a winner for the Saints. Hmm, tough one there, but let me correct you on that. Brooks had a winning season in 2000, led the Saints to the playoffs, and a playoff win. Brooks had a winning record in 2002, 9-7. Overall, Brooks' first five seasons as a starter with the Saints, 35-34. and 34. I believe he's a winner. Granted, this is not a very impressive win total, but let's just say, uh, to say he was never a winner with the Saints is hardly fair, an accurate statement. Absolutely. The Raiders haven't had a winning season since Gruden left. There was another factual incorrection, and let me correct that for you. The year after Gruden left town with the Raiders, the Raiders went 11-5 and under head coach Callahan, yes, and went to the Super Bowl. Oops, I guess you forgot that fact. Questionable statements. The old line was not improved this offseason. The Raiders drafted Paul McQuiston, Kevin Booth, Chris Morris. The Raiders signed veterans Kevlin Gorman, Cameron Spikes as free agents. These five acquisitions of offensive tackle provided depth to the offensive line. The Raiders hired Hall of Fame offensive tackle Art Shell as the head coach of the Raiders and offensive tackle Jackie Slater as the offensive line coach. Langston Rocker returns with the team at 100% health, and he is a refrigerator man. And he's going to his natural position. Um, and at right, ta right tackle, Robert Gallery is going to left tackle. Okay? So I think there were quite a few positive changes in the offensive line this offseason, and I think they're blowing smoke. Here's another thing the article said. Just about every player on the Raiders have some character issues. What? This is a typical Raider slamming article, and we get so sick and tired of it. Sean from the Raider Take and myself, it flips me out. Just about every player has a character issue. From Las Vegas? Character in Las Vegas? Please. This is the most outlandish, unfounded, blanket statement in this crappy article. The only player that comes to mind with any character issues is Randy Moss. However, Randy Moss has been a model Raider uh, and model citizens for the Raider, ultimate team player last year, and was very busy in the offseason with a number of charitable foundations. So what the hell are you talking about? Nice talking to you. Blanket statement from Vegas. Here's another one. The players know the power that resides with the owner and not the head coach. Okay. This is an old thing that's been going on for many years, and your Raider fans know exactly what I'm talking about. Art Shell is a firm, stern leader. The Raider players know this, and they know he is in charge. His name is Art Shell, and he will tell you, and obviously, he's thrown Jerry Porter out of the office already. I think that makes quite a statement. Here are some quotes from Minicamp. Senator Jake Grove. He's done this. He knows what he's talking about. And he's got credibility. His presence out there on the field, he has a presence. And it's someone you're going to listen to and respect. Adam True, Senator. 
I've been an active writer longer than any other, 10 years, and he seems to be different. There seems to be an emphasis on individual accountability, he said. If something is done wrong on the field, we repeat it and correct it. Boy, what a difference. What a difference in the Mandy, Candy, Nandy, Norv. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. Turner. So with all the improvements and all those other things that have happened with the Raiders, this article goes to slander them and say that they have no hope of making any headway in the AFC West. Well, just like here, Calico Jack says, very Mickey Mouse article. Okay? Uh, very, very poorly written. No facts. Get it together. If you're going to talk about the Oakland Raiders, take a flight. You're not that far from Las Vegas. Get the facts straight. And don't just sit there and throw stones from another state. And that's about all I got to say about that. Okay, Raider fans, now we're going to go to the Frapper map. And let's see who's new frappering here. I want to remind the Raider Nation fan base, the Raider Nation podcast fan base, to visit the last show. If you didn't check out the anniversary show, you got to. You got to do it. Randy did a hell of a job, and it is so cool. Um, it's pretty funny. And he got got one over on me, Patna. Okay, Frapper Map. Let's hit it. Let's see who's new. Let's see who has tuned in to the Raider Nation podcast, Frapper. Okay, here we go. We got a new one here from Chesapeake, Virginia. Richard B. comes in. Richard B.'s a Raider fan from Virginia. Very cool. Let's see. He hasn't said anything on here. Richard, you got to get your picture on here, brother. Then, of course, we have Twisted from Garden Grove. Thank you very much, Raider fan, Raider for life. Twisted comes in. Let's see. Well, who else we got on our Raider Forever map that's new? We got a bunch of them. Mex Raider from Bath, England. Can you believe it? There's Tony Nastasi from Costa Mesa, California. James from Melbourne, Australia. The Bald Raider, Oakland, California. Elliot Varnando, Sacramento, California. Randy Langsey from Kapolei, Hawaii. I hope I said that right. I probably didn't destroy it. Um, thank you guys for frapping. Nicole Vasquez and R. Arik Kadash. Los Alamos, Raider fan. Nicole, Oakland, California. Raider fan. Raider Nation. Check out the Frapper map. Get on there. Even if you don't want to be on there, check it out. Look at it. See your Raider Nation. We're primed. We're ready to go. We're getting in there, Raider Nation. It's getting close. 100 days till kickoff. 100 days till kickoff, and we are almost on it. Let's go to the takes. Raider Nation podcast fans, let me go down the takes and see what is going on here. Now, a lot of these takes have been from a while ago because we haven't done a show in a little while, and that's on me. Randy's been working me over because of that. I'm sorry about that, but we got it. Raider Take. This is Sean from Raider Take. 
He came in from the anniversary show, of course, and uh, let me try to read some of these without destroying them too much. Raider Greg, congratulations to you and Randy on the one-year anniversary of Raider Nation podcast. I vividly recall my first RMP experience. I was new to the whole podcast phenomenon and was stoked to discover a podcast about the Raiders. And even more so after I listened, it was right after the devastating hurricane last summer, a subject that you treated with empathy and perspective on your podcast. I was impressed by that as well as your takes. A few weeks later, the Raiders lost to New England, and the season went down like dominoes thereafter. Raider Nation podcast become therapy for me, and was a perfect blend of rage and humor, so befitting a season defined by the twin talents of Norv Turner and Carrie Frickin' Collins. Anyhow, bottoms up and keep up the good work. I look forward to your narration of the return to glory. Well, Raider Take is awesome. Sean, you're awesome. I I can't say it enough. Uh, You guys got to visit his blog, RaiderTake.com. It is the bomb. He is the bomb. Thank you very much, Sean. Very cool. Raider Frank, yes. Raider Frank is cool. Uh, Great guy. Great Raider fan. He says, anniversary, Raider Greg, Randy, I just wanted to say thanks for the podcast and the forum. Congrats on your one year. The Raiders are going to have a great season, which should mean even better podcast. I hope so, Frank. Go Raiders. Thank you, Raider Frank. I appreciate that. My brother, very nice. Thank you. Dave Chapman from England. Greg, Randy, congratulations on your first year, and let's hope that there are a lot more podcasts to come. There sure will be. I really enjoyed the anniversary show, especially stuff from the earlier podcast. Yeah, Randy put it together pretty good. Please keep them coming as they really do keep us informed of all the Raider news that we don't get here in the UK. I also enjoyed the interview with Cliff Branch in show 77. He was really one of my heroes when I first started supporting the Raiders. Yeah, Cliff's Corner, baby. Just get down there and make a touchdown in Cliff's Corner. And you heard the interview, man. He wanted to get down in there. He looks forward to coming over to the Raiders in November. Raider fans, they're putting the ducats down to come from the UK to the Bay again to party with us. So we want all you fans to get down with the Raider Nation podcast tailgate this season. So if you're coming to Oakland, you need to hook up with the RNP, just like these guys did, and made a great video, and we had a hell of a good time. Uh, We will be watching the Raiders from Seattle, and we'll be also staying um, for the game versus Denver. So look out for the Crusader Raiders. Thanks for the good podcast. Take care and go Raiders. Now, those guys are true fans from the U.K., and they do it, man. They put it down. They get them ducats down because you know it's not cheap to be flying here from the U.K. to see your Raiders. Calico Jack. Happy belated anniversary, says Raider Greg. I raise my pint of Guinness in your honor. Cheers and congratulations on your first year anniversary of the Raider Nation podcast. Your show and the site itself keep getting better over time, just like fine wine. I enjoyed the Cliff Branch interview. Being an old guy myself, appreciate number 21. What a career. Three rings, 501 catches for a whopping 7.3 average yards. 67 TDs. He was a vital and key contributor to the silver and black success from 72 
285, 15 years of Raiderdom. And he looks great, man. He looks so good. Keep up the good work, Raider Greg. I look forward to celebrating your second anniversary. Thank you, Calico Jack. You are a very good fan and a very intelligent one as well. And just remember, silverandblackforever.com. That's the site. Check it out. The blog is rocking. Okay. Tokai Japan Outpost of the Raider Nation. This guy, Robert Moorhead, and family, his children, his wife, they are all Raider Nation for life. It's very cool. And um, he comes in with, and he's a regular contributor to the forum, and he's always got some great takes. So here we go. I'm going to try to do a good justice here, Robert. Please bear with me. Boo Hoo Powder. Because I talked about Jerry Porter being a big baby last time. So Jerry Powder is unhappy that he doesn't, and he doesn't like Art Shell's Chris Farley-esque van down by the river pep talks. Boo frickin' who. Powder has the potential to be great, but after years in the league, he has yet to deliver on the potential. If Randy Moss complains, at least he's got the stats to back it up. Porter, on the other hand, better hope that Doug Peter Gabriel, and Ron, blown ACL Curry, don't take his job away from him. When Jerry Rice arrived in Oakland, people said that he and Tim Brown could never get along and the team couldn't handle two-star receivers. Instead, Rice and Brown remained strong friends to this day, and the Raiders went to the Super Bowl. Now, with Moss and Porter, we could have two great receiver tandem, but instead we get Powder complaining about... Uh, he doesn't like his boss or doesn't like to kiss his boss ass or whatever. Uh, you'd think that getting several million dollars a year isn't enough ass-kissing, but apparently it's not enough ass-kissing for Jay Powder or Porter or however you want to call this guy's name. He's pissing me off, too. Now, with Eddie D's plan to buy the Raiders, Saints, anybody uh, that has been blown out of the water, of course Eddie D's not going to be an owner. Um, he's at home watching the Weather Channel, hoping for a natural disaster to hit the team so he can swoop in and buy it. Maybe he'll pull some Tanya Harding and hire a hitman to smack elderly owner Al Davis in the knee so that Eddie D can come to the team while the owner is focusing on rehab. Brother, that's for sure. I wouldn't put it past him. Tanya, Eddie D. Love it. Congrats once again on the one anniversary. Thanks for the shout-outs. My kid played the clips over and over again. I love it. Shouting, we rock, we rock, Raider Nation. I can hear it. I love it. And you know what? Thank you, Robert Moorhead, for being such a great fan and a good contributor to our show. Uh, I don't know what we'd do without you, man. You're a great part of it. Has anyone sent KFC a care package to help him pass the time waiting for the phone to ring? I don't think so because the phone is unplugged. Okay, Ghost to Post comes in. One-year anniversary show. I raise my sword to Raider Greg and his one-year anniversary show. Although the Raiders' year didn't turn out like we'd like, it was a hell... It was. It was well covered and more informative because of all the hard work put into the show. I'm looking for year two at the Raider Nation podcast. Keep up the great work. One more thing. Jerry Porter, quit whining. Our show will take care of that attitude permanently. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, Raider fans, let's get to another story that we had come up 
Um, and I have to talk about it because I'm flipped out about it. Here we go. San Francisco Chronicle came in with an article about now I, I want to clarify things by saying it was a rumor and this actually was done by the Raider Take Sean RaiderTake.com and I'm going to try to uh, I just like the way he put this so well and I'm going to try to give it some justice so Sean please bear with me because I'm doing the best I can Sean from the Raider Take says Vulture shot down over Oakland very well said like slobbering vultures, Eddie DeBartolo and Carmen Policy are circling and searching for roadkill on the NFL's yellow brick road to Los Angeles. But when they tried to ambush the Oakland Raiders, they found themselves caught in the jaws of a much fiercer and more principled animal called the Raider Nation. You bet, man. Do not mess with Al Davis or the Raiders and Eddie DeBartolo. You and your buddies, the wise guys, can just take a hike back to the East Coast. Please, get yourself a brothel. Do something else. Leave the Oakland Raiders alone. Anyways, the story goes that Eddie DeBartolo was trying to take the Raiders from Mr. Al Davis because he's he's weak and he's not able to to take care of the team and he has a walker and the whole thing about... Um, Al Davis not being able to take care of his team. Amy Trask put it down, man. She said uh, pigs have a better chance of flying than this guy having a chance to see a Raider game, which tells me that Carmen Policy is not welcome at the Oakland Coliseum, not even to buy a ticket. Good job, Amy Trask. That's what I say to you. Now, this unfounded, totally un unfounded story about Eddie D's potentially buying the Raiders and moving to Los Angeles came out of the San Francisco Chronicle. Oh, whoa, what a surprise that is. And they're so praised for their investigative reporting. Please throw up now on my shoes. They are not prized for being the, because they got Ray Ratto. He's been asshole of the month. He was asshole of the year last year. That's all I got to say about the San Francisco Chronicle. Nice talking to you. Now, in this story, the Chronicle, of course, tries to separate itself by saying, they said it, not me. Don't blame us for repeating it, but we're saying it because someone else said it. And, of course, a million newspaper readers read it. And, of course, it's out of the San Francisco Chronicle with great, quote-unquote, investigative reporting. Oh, please, give me a break. The story was neutered uh, by C.W. Nevis, uh, who's who's all, also San, San Francisco's own writer. And uh, in his blog, he was just he was saying it ain't going to happen. There's no way that Carmen Policy and Eddie DeBarlow will get another NFL team. I don't care how much money. The NFL has spent too many years on its reputation to let it get soiled with these two jokers, and especially in any deal to do with the Oakland Raiders. And that's what i got to say about that for sure. Well, fans, it looks like that's the end of the show. 
and I want to thank you once again for tuning in to the Raider Nation podcast. I am very excited about our show. I'm very excited about our place on iTunes because we're a featured show in iTunes. So that's a very cool thing. So we have a lot of new fans. I'm welcoming, welcoming a lot of new fans of Raider Nation podcast. Welcome in. I hope you stay for more shows because we're digging it here. And when we get to this season, we're going to podcast like wild animals because the f- season's only 100 days away. So stay tuned to the Raider Nation podcast where you get your Raider fix 24-7. We are uncensored. We are unapologetic. This is Raider Greg. I am out. <laughs>